Yeah, they're nonsensical <laughs> words, but there is actually a little bit of sense. He's mm-hmm. like, well, it's this and this. And it's like, but that's... Hmm. Oh, that, shit, that, that makes sense. Make sense. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. And welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, come and join the conversation in our Facebook group. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. So how are we doing? We are doing good today. Yeah? Uh, we had a little needs nudge. Every day we post a needs nudge on our universal needs group. And um, it's also... Not every day. Every, every week. Day, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Yes. Yes. I forgot the whens. You might have said part. the whens. I just heard the day bits, I know. So. I think I just said day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday here. Unless it's December, in which case we do do it every day in December. That is true. <laughs> um, and if you're listening to this right now, it's... February? February, yeah. <laughs> So, so check it out. You can use the calendar all year long, but the dates may not line up. Um, but every Wednesday, we post in our Universal Needs Facebook group, as well as our Nourish Your Needs community, a little needs nudge, which is just something that you can take a second or two, or if you have a minute or two, or hell, if you have an hour or two, just a little reminder of something that you can do that could help meet your needs and make you feel good in the process. And today it was to move your body in a way that felt good. And so I put it up there and Claire's like, yeah, I'm stretching and it feels good on my spine and everything. And so I'm stretching out a little bit and I'm like... I need a little something more. And so I went to the chiropractor and sometimes I forget. Mm. Like I've gotten so good about like my... well, in preventative some, wellness. my preventative wellness, mm-hmm. and in some areas I have, and it's like I'll focus on one, and then like I'll be like, look, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, like I'm look at it. me getting my massages for that, and then forgetting like the other thing that feels really good is the chiropractor. So mm-hmm. that nudge actually nudged me to go and do it, That's and awesome. uh, have somebody else move my body in a way that felt nice. That's cool. So. I, yeah, you posted that, and I was like, it's so funny as you started talking about the needs nudge. I don't whether you saw me on the camera. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'd forgotten about that needs nudge. <laughs> I like the reminder. And that's the cool thing about those is that you can kind of do them. You can do them whenever you see them, but also you can do them like multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, hold on a second. I've already done it once and I'm going to do it again. I don't because think I, I can. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read a nudge because they're, they're very simple things yeah. that, and we try to make them um, inclusionary. So like, you know, we've talked about before. Inclusive, I think Inclus- you mean. Yeah, I make up words. If you haven't noticed that, Claire, after we finish recording, Claire's like, you know, that's not what that means. <laughs> like, have I been pronouncing this wrong I mean, my entire I, life? I don't know. Inclusionary <laughs> might be a word. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like checking in. I'm like, I know inclusive is a word. I'm not sure whether, I mean, it might be. It might be. And if not, now it is. Yeah. <laughs> words by Serena. Um, so Please I, don't ever play Wordle. <laughs> I do, and I'm actually pretty really? good at it. I'm good at it. Like, it's, we should it's, do our own word or just with made-up Serena words. It's funny. We used to have a um, a long-running joke, and we still do, with um, 
my husband's close friends. Um, and when he was in the Navy, he used to come up with what we call Joeisms. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they are just. Joeisms are good. Yeah, they're nonsensical <laughs> words, but there is actually a little bit of sense. He's mm-hmm. like, well, it's this and this. And it's like, but that's. Hmm. Oh, that, shit, that, that makes sense. Make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not using it, just, the, out of, just out of principle. <laughs> um, but we we try to make the the needs nudges something that anybody can do, no matter where they are. No and by the way, if you see any of the needs nudges and you're like, hold on, that's not inclusive because of this, mm-hmm. please do tell us because we want to update them and change them and make them so that they are as accessible as possible for everybody. Well, the Move Your Body one started as something. I think it was like dance or something. Yeah, and it was something that whatever it was, you had to be able to get up and, or maybe it was get up and stretch or something like that. Yeah, and it's stand like, up no, and stretch or something. Oh, just yeah. move. Just move and in it, whatever way. And it's nice. I post them and, and like, if I see it pop up, I'm like, it. I'll read it. And it's like, all right, just take a deep, you know, take a moment to take a deep breath. And as I'm doing it, I'm taking the deep breath. And it's like, oh shit, I just did that. Like, and that felt good. So and then you can, you can keep reusing them. And it's a good thing about sharing the nudges is you get nudged to do it as you're sharing, to, as you're sharing the nudges. Well, like, let me walk my talk. Right? <laughs> so yeah, that was just it. It's always nice when uh, you get nudged by your own work. Yeah. I get it frequently, especially now I work with Serena. It's like, oh God damn it. Man. All of a sudden she's nudging me with the same thing I've nudged her with before. And it's like, well, it she's got a sense. point. <laughs> So um, today I am so excited about this episode because I have been wanting to do this episode for the longest time. And there was, as we were talking about the the people pleasing series, I'm like, that fits into the people pleasing series. Yes, let's do that. So today we are talking about the whole sorry, not sorry thing. Or we're talking about apologies in general, really, is what we're talking about. And the thing about it is, is that so many of us have been conditioned to apologize for our mere existence. (laughs) Somebody body checks you in the middle of the sidewalk. Oops, sorry. Right. Sorry, I was walking on the Sorry, I was existing here right now. And like, I mean, and it sounds funny, but like, especially, especially women, like, Mm. uh, and it's a big thing with women and also for other marginalized communities as well. There's this kind of sense of like apologizing for our uh, existence, apologizing for our opinions, apologizing for being right about something. Like if you're in like a group, like I can't, I cannot tell you the number of times when I used to work in corporate where I'd be in a meeting and somebody would say something and I'd know they were wrong. And I was like, and I'd be like, oh, sorry, actually it's this. I'm like, sorry, what am I apologizing for? <laughs> sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> sorry, your ego is so fragile that if I don't say sorry, you're not going to be able to hear the fact that you're wrong without getting defensive. Or you're probably going to get defensive anyway, but that's really why I'm doing it. I'm trying to prevent myself from having to deal with your bullshit, basically. How many people I've seen apologize, myself included, for taking up any space at all? Mm-hmm. Like, not just a reasonable amount of space or too much space, but just any space. any space right absolutely it happens all the time and especially like i mean it, it's um <laughs> there was a, a woman who did a um an experiment um several years ago and it, it does the rounds every now and again i saw it again recently um where she was doing ex- an experiment about man slamming do you know what man slamming is it sounds kind of fun. <laughs> it's not. Uh, um, I thought it was like the antidote to mansplaining. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> That's where my 
my head went. So, oh, I like that version of well, it. That's why I was like, well, that's, I mean. That sounds fun. That sounds yeah. fun, but it's probably. <laughs> it's another, it's another one of those. So Aww. you've got, you've got like man spreading, which is where um, men take up an inordinate amount of space. Like, especially when they're like sitting on public transport or in like a, in a public space and they'll spread their knees as far as, I mean. Your I mean, dick's not that big. Right. <laughs> like, and also it's like, it's like, I mean, I've wanted to do the splits my entire life. I mean, how many men I think are a training, like without even realizing it to do the splits, just from the amount they spread their legs when they sit in a public place. Oh, maybe the next time on a subway, I'll just go full split and be like, oh, this is just what I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, I think one of the ones, uh, other ones I was uh, saw was bro uh, appropriation. Um, bro appropriation, which is where um, a man will take credit for uh, for somebody else's ideas, often a woman's. I'm like, oh shit, I've been there. Like, how many times have I seen that? Well, man slamming is where um, what ends up happening is that because men tend to be conditioned to believe that they are prioritized, people will defer to them, is that when they are walking, a lot of the time, most men, this is not every everyone, but most men will will hold course. Even yes. if somebody is coming towards them, they will not make room for them, the other person to come through. They expect the other person to just move out of the way. And this woman did this experiment. I think it was on, I think it was in New York as part of her commute. And, and the idea was that she would just not get out of the way. And the amount of times that she was literally like body checked by a guy because he just expected her to move. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is that there was there, there was somebody, uh, I, I don't know whether it was the same woman or there was a different one who was the same kind of idea where they were, um, <clears throat> she was, she would do the same thing on her regular commute. She would just not get out of the way. And sometimes they would like, like almost like fall on top of her and like stop. Um, but she wouldn't apologize. She'd just look up at them and smile. And that would confuse them even more because they're used to people apologizing for getting in their way as opposed to, and it's like, uh, like, like it was, it's, so man slamming is this, is this uh, phenomenon where men don't get out of the way for other people and end up slamming into them. I've um, had that happen many times, especially being of a shorter stature. Usually it's an elbow or mm -hmm. a shoulder and it's just like, and the ironic thing is, especially as a woman, we've been conditioned to apologize during those situations. So often I have been body checked by a man, goes about their merry way while I'm mm -hmm. just like, are you fucking, oh, there you go. Not Bye. even a word. Like, what? like yeah. you, you not only just ran into me, but then you ran into me with zero acknowledgement of the fact like, Zero like, apology. Right. Like that must have felt at least like a speed bump because I have a bruise. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. You can't pretend like you didn't feel that you just did that. And so often it's like, and again, it's like that apology thing of like, oh, I apologize because you just slammed into me. Or I apologize for asking to take up the space that is my seat mm -hmm. on this public transport because you are taking up an inordinate amount of space, which is beyond the boundaries of your your space on this thing so <clears throat> a lot of us have been conditioned to apologize for everything and a lot of the time what we're doing in that is what we're what we are doing in that is we are deferring we're basically saying that the other person's needs or comfort is more important than our needs so like what a lot of the time we talked about the value need in the last episode a lot of the time we're basically saying 
I'm less important than you because I need to apologize to you for something that actually there isn't an apology for. And especially when you are apologizing and an apology is not warranted, what you are doing is you are invalidating your needs. You're invalidating your acknowledgement need. A lot of the time you might trigger your emotional experience and expression need because you might be pissed about that because that's something that is enti- you're entitled to be unhappy about. Um, you actually might, you're often actually compromising your, um, your value need because you're saying, saying, actually, I'm not worthy of saying, of, of in this situation where I've done nothing wrong, I'm not worthy of actually holding the other person accountable and that they have to address the situation. I'm going to apologize so that they feel comfortable. So I'm prioritizing their feelings and their needs. And if I'm prioritizing theirs above mine, I'm basically saying that I'm less important and my needs are less important than theirs are. So every time we do this, we're eroding our needs. We are compromising our needs. Now, and we're feeding that ugly little monster within that mm. person that's like, this is okay to keep yes. doing. And it's okay to do to somebody else too, because chances are they're not going to speak up either. Exactly. And I mean, this happens so frequently. It's like, I mean, another example is where if you're speaking and somebody else interrupts you and then you apologize for interrupting them. but it, and it, And it's like, hold on a second. I'm apologizing for trying to continue the sentence I was in the middle of when you cut me off. This is something that happened a lot in the relationship I referred to when I was told by that friend of mine to stop like compromising everything I am. That's what I would often do is like, I would say something, he would interrupt me because he thought he knew what I was saying. Um, He would be wrong in what he thought I was saying. And then I would apologize to him for correcting his misunderstanding about what he thought I was going to say and the fact that he interrupted me I'd be like oh no sorry actually what I was going to say is this and it was it was so insidious like I did it all the time and I didn't realize I was doing it and I didn't realize the the negative impact and how much it would compromise my needs by doing that now the interesting thing is a while ago many many years ago or just many years ago in some recent years this term sorry not sorry came out And it was a way of basically saying, yeah, I'm not actually sorry about it. But this phrase incenses me because we're apologizing for the fact that we are not sorry for the thing that we're not meant to be sorry about in the first place. Like we're still doing it. Even in the thing where we're saying, I'm not sorry about this. We're apologizing for the fact that we're not sorry about it when we've got nothing to be sorry about in the first place. Oh, 2000s. <laughs> right? It's like some of the I mean, we both used it in the oh, past. Oh, yes. Oh, And it's yes. like thinking about like, all right, let's break this down. Well, shit. It really is that <laughs> simple. But it's like, oh, shit. Like, we don't yeah, even realize we we're doing it. We don't even realize we're doing it and we're utilizing it's like, the same. Look, there's progress because we're not sorry. But we don't realize we're doing the exact same thing. You're almost doubling down. You said sorry, and then you apologized for not being sorry. So you've really apologized twice in there. Right. (laughs) It's like it's almost like I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry for the fact that I'm not sorry about the thing that I'm not actually don't. There's no reason for me to be sorry about. And so it's like when when all of a sudden we started doing this, and. It, it it was just like it was everywhere and and, and all hashtag sorry, hashtag not, sorry, sorry. not sorry and it's like <laughs> do you realize what you're doing and I, I said Serena and I we both mm-hmm. use this term and it was only it was, I can't it was quite some time later that I, I was doing the needs work and I was like oh fuck I mean and 
that coming from Serena, like you kind of, that's a regular day, any hour, any minute. You could drop an oh fuck and that wouldn't be a thing. But oh, yeah. this was like a real guttural for me. Oh, fuck. Like I, like, what do I do every day? Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have lots of fucks to give. Yes. Um, I had zero fucks to give apparently. Um, but no, I mean, it was one of those things where this wasn't just, and we're going to, we're going to do another uh, episode at some point in the future about swearing and about how sometimes actually it can be, it meets our needs to do that. And it compromises our needs to not do that because it's, and this is one of those moments where it would have compromised my needs to do this because that is really like, I felt that in my guts when I realized I was still apologizing for the fact that I was not in a position where I should be apologizing, I'm like, how did I not see this? How? Yeah, I, an example just kind of flew into my head, yeah. especially with the social media aspect. And I can see I can see the post, and there's multiple of them. This isn't a one-off situation. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of goes along with the feeling cute today type of thing, where mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, I'm just going to post this because I feel cute. Like, I like the way I look today. I took a selfie, and mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a me. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you want to share that. And it's like feeling cute today. Sorry, not sorry. Oh. Like... All oh the confidence in posting that picture is like almost undermined, undermined yeah. by the fact that you're not sorry you posted it, but you said it because you don't want to be one of those. Like, it's almost like I'm doing something which our society says I should apologize for. So I'm not going to say sorry and I'm going to draw attention to the fact that I'm not saying sorry, but I'm going to apologize for the fact that I'm not saying sorry because society thinks I should be saying sorry for this. <laughs> and we're doing the same freaking thing. Like this is the same pattern. We're doing exactly the same thing. And this is the whole thing with the whole apology thing is that society has told us that we should be apologizing for things that we should have. We, we shouldn't be apologizing for. We shouldn't be apologizing as women for having opinions. We shouldn't be apologizing. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving the example as women because this is something that I have experienced. I've been on the receiving end. This goes for anyone from any marginalized community. We shouldn't apologize for having opinions. We shouldn't apologize for being good at what we do. I, rem- I remember a, a, a situation where <laughs> I was telling a client about this the other day. Um, <laughs> I was on a I was on a blind date. It was like a, it was a uh, it was a dating app thing, and um, I was um, so we never met before. We went met went met for a drink, and I can't remember. I can't actually remember what it was he did. Like I mean, we're going back a few years now, and um, we're talking, and I was in the middle of a conversation, just mid mid sentence. I dropped something into the conversation, and you'd have thought I'd reached over the table and punched him in the face, given how he reacted. So we like, so I remember I was like, because I'm one of the best in the world at what I do. Da-da-da-da-da. And I finished the sentence off, and like, and I looked. I was I was obviously I was looking around because we were in a, a, a pub garden. So I was like looking around, and I turned back and looked at him, and he was like, he, he, shock, utter shock on his face, and I was like. I was like, what? Um, and I, I, I was trying to, because obviously I'd moved on from that. It was, it was a, a momentary thing in, in, a lo- in a larger conversation, in a larger sentence that I was saying. And he was like, you're one of the best in the world at what you do. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Um, but that wasn't the point of what I was saying. What I was saying was this, this, this. And he was like, no, 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 hold on a second. You are one of the best in the world at what you do. And I was like, 
Yeah. And in that moment, even though I do this work, I could feel the desire to apologize coming up because we're not meant to own our value. We're not meant societally to claim our value and our skill and our talent and our gifts and our genius. And it was so funny because I was like, yeah, but that wasn't the point. And I kind of carried on the course. And literally, as I continued on the conversation, I watched him shrivel and shrink in front of me. And I realized the reason he took issue with what I said is because the second he knew that I knew my value, all of a sudden he was like, oh God, I'm not good enough for this person. And I was like, if you can't be around me and me own who I am in the world, this is never, I mean, it was one and done in terms of drinks. Um, And at that moment I was like, oh yeah, okay, I can see this. You don't value yourself. And so you have an issue with me valuing myself. This isn't going to work. You're a very nice person, but you're not somebody who's a good fit for me. But it's like we, societally, we're not meant to own our value. We're not meant to own our opinions. We're not meant to take up space. There There is still this hangover from years past of we're not meant to be seen. We're not meant to be heard. We're not meant to have places of prominence. We're not meant to be leaders. There's all of this stuff that societally we are taught we are not meant to be. So the second that we start claiming those spaces and we start from a needs perspective, owning our value and being able to say, not from an egoic place, not for, and and the interesting thing was, is that if somebody else had said that, or if I'd said that at another time in my life, I might have been trying to say it to prove that I was better than everybody else. And that wasn't the context in which it was said at all. It was just, um, it was it, it was a, it was a relevant point to the, the conversation that we were having. And it was something that I didn't even realize I'd said because it was so unimportant mm-hmm. to me. But there would have been a point in time where I'd have been saying that going, I want to impress this guy. I want him to think I'm, I'm amazing. So I'm going to say this. And that would have been me trying to get my value need by him seeing, him seeing me as valuable. And that wasn't the case at all. But so often, as soon as we step into that space, that space, Mm-hmm. As soon as we even. step into that space, or the, it could be a space, it could be a place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of like space. Maybe it's, I'm. It's whatever you want it we, to be. Maybe I'm gonna have a Clarism rather than a Joeism. Ooh, I think we're just gonna do an entire dictionary, right? <laughs> Here's so, a dictionary to follow along on the podcast, right? <laughs> what 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 does that mean? Sorry, what does that one mean? Uh, okay, right. Okay, I'm with them. Right, keep going. Okay, wait. What does that word mean? Okay. Oh, right. No. Anyway, um, but once you start to step into that space, <laughs> she says consciously using it this time, um, of having your needs met, of recognizing your value, not from a place of I need to be valuable and you need to be deviant. And that's, I think that's what a lot of fear around this is, is that people who have been systemically devalued for years, i.e. seen as inferior to other people, so women to men or non-binary or people who do not um, identify as men to men, that the fear in the people with privilege is that that they're going to be treated the way that they've treated others. And I mean that in terms of like the way the system is treated. I'm not saying everybody individually, but everybody has been complicit in this system, which has created this, this hierarchy and this value slash devalue um, thing. And the fear is that actually what's going to happen is it's going to go the other direction, which is that we are more, we're superior to you. We're more important than you. We're more valuable than you. And that's not the case at all. 
it's about it's not about value in relation to because if you feel valuable in relation to somebody else you're still disempowered because you need that person to be down here in order to feel good about yourself up here i know my value irrespective of who i'm speaking to i don't care if i'm speaking to uh a like master of business like ceo of one of the biggest things in the world or somebody who darn socks down the street i don't know what darn socks came from but hey <laughs> Oh darn! That's, that's darning is where you where you, you fix the holes. Socks. No, you fix holes oh. in socks. So is that it's the it's the um the um the mechanism that you use for fixing socks. I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> but When's the last time you had your socks done? I don't think I've ever had my socks done. <laughs> I, I feel like you had to go somewhere old world for that, what's or really, you have like a cobbler and a sock. What's really funny is that like okay, we we're, we're going slightly on a tangent for a second. Is that um while. Well, I may not, may not darn my socks recently. I, actually, Serena and I were talking about this just the other day. And I was saying about the fact that I still have clothes that I fix mm-hmm. in that if they've got a hole in them, I'll, I'll, I'll mend them. I actually got a new dress through the post, which um, was broken when I got it. It was just like a strap that was, wasn't was uh, attached properly. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I can get, and I got a refund on it because it was broken. Like it wasn't what I'd ordered. Um, and I fixed it so that I could wear it myself. Um, and I said to Serena, I was like, I wonder if we might be the last generation that fixes clothes. Like, that's something I do. Like, mm-hmm. if I've got something that I love, I will repair it. Yeah, if I have a little hole in something, I'm like, okay, now there's no hole. And exactly. then I wait for it to rip again. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to But I don't know. Hole. I don't know whether the generations after us do that, will do that. I mean, I think it's an element of a sustainability thing mm-hmm. that depending on where you sit on that, people may do that from a like um, environmental standpoint. I don't know. But it's just, I was Do they curious. even teach home ec anymore in... I don't know. School. It's probably. Like, it, it, I mean, I learned main... how to sew my first. Well, the greater learning experience. I've known how to sew since I was very, very little. But like, I learned like the principles of sewing in school, and I don't hear about those types of classes anymore. So you might be right. Like, I don't we, know. Well, it might actually, be the lax fix it generation. I think I learned. I think I learned in like brownies and guides, which is like mm-hmm. the girl guides over here. I think like that. I remember we I had, had, a, had a badge. Oh, yeah, brownies as well. Yeah, we had girls. Girl Scouts brownie. They're, mm-hmm. they're all like different. But that that was one of the the the, the badges you yeah. could earn, earn, and that's one of the. I think that's. I mean, and I. I mean, same as you. Like my my mum sewed, so like we did it with her. Um, but anyway, mine wasn't an option. She's like, you want this sewn? You're gonna learn how to hem your right. pants. <laughs> be like, all right. Okay. Now I enough. now I hem everybody's pants. Right. Absolutely. I was like, I don't have a sewing machine here, so I was like, I was like, can you fix my bag for me, please? I'll go home. Back, well, I'll go back to New England, and mm-hmm. Melissa will have like. It's actually more her husband now has a pile of things that need to be fixed, and they can do it. But it's like, I know she's coming. Yeah. Can you sew these? Yeah. Yeah, I can sew these. (laughs) So anyway, the point was, it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to. I'll own my value just as much because the thing is, is that I own my value. I also recognize the value in everybody else, Mm -hmm. and I don't need them to be down in order for me to be up. And that this is the thing is that once you recognize that value and when you own that value, that's something that we've been taught not to do. And so there's this element of like, it feels like we're going against the, I mean, it does. It feels we are going against the social grain by owning these things and by being quote unquote successful and by um, taking on roles and jobs that we were not perceived as being for people like us. 
Um, and so that's the reason that in those situations, and even that, like the example that Serena gave about like posting a cute picture, like there's this element of like, well, that's vain. Like the, that you shouldn't see yourself as, as pretty or good looking. Like why the fuck not? Like that is like being able to see the beauty in yourself, whether that is physically, whether that's emotionally, whether that's that's in terms of how you show up in the world, that is part of owning your value and that's part of meeting your value need. So I know that for me, did you, you I wanna, yeah, jump in? I want to comment ahead. on something before we move too yep. far away. Um, Claire had mentioned on the date mentioning, you know, I'm the best in the world at what I do. One of the best in the world. One, I'm going to say Claire is the best in the world. I'm okay. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm like, I don't know all the people in the world. Yes. So I, that's why I, I never, yes. I never say that because I never know if there's somebody else doing it. I'm always like, I'm one of the best in the world. That's, that's how, that's the reason that I frame it like that. From what I, from what I've experienced. I'll take um, that. And I remember the first time she said it and at this point didn't, know what needs were besides the general the general conversations we've and had. And by, by the way, by the way, this is not something I say all the time. No. I've probably I mean I must have said it maybe twice to you in all the time that we've been if that. Yeah, I mean it was like the first time you were talking about what you did. And of course it was a foreign concept to me. I'm like needs, what and you know and it wasn't a superiority thing. I'm gonna catch myself here as well. I'm like I've just noticed that what I did there, you see what I did there? was that was another pattern of the same thing of like if people think that I say this all the time they're gonna have a perception of me and part of the people pleasing that's why I say like this 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 pattern still exists within us it's like I need to let people know that's not what I do all the time even if I did do it all the time it wouldn't be an issue because it's true and if I'm not if I'm only saying it because it's relevant to what I'm sharing in a conversation but it's interesting how even that I just caught myself I'm like oh that's the reason I've done that because I'm trying to make sure that the people watching this aren't going to see, oh God, she's so arrogant. She's so conceited. It's like, actually, no, I own my value, but I felt the need to say that in order that, 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 and that's what I mean. This stuff is deep Mm -hmm. and we've been conditioned into it for a long time. So I will catch myself doing it at times as well. Sorry, carry on. Um, So when I first heard it, I'm like, kind of the same thing. I'm like, who the fuck does this chick (laughs) think she is? And... But there was a different energy around it. So, I mean, I'm here right now. So obviously it didn't deter me at all. And I realized that her seeing her worth meant she saw my worth. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about being better than. It's like, oh, let's get you. Like, yeah, you can get be up you, here too. Well, let's get you seeing you where you actually are, which is just as worthy as I am. And now I see my worth. And I tend to see the worth in people before they see the worth in mm-hmm. themselves because and their value. And it's. It's really kind of a profound process when you mm-hmm. think about because it, it's it it we talk about and I'm almost positive we've done an episode on the forest. Yes, we okay. have definitely done uh, an episode. We'll on the throw forest. whichever one that is in the show. <clears throat> the notes Universal for Needs it. Ecosystem. I think it was in the Self First series that we did it, but um, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's kind of that mentality it's like okay make your tree green and then it spreads to the areas around you very simplified version of the forest right there (laughs) um but it really does start you know i talk about especially in my journey how me learning how that i had needs how to meet them has kind of spread to the people in my closest circles Mm -hmm. without them even really doing the 
like the program or the work yeah. because it's making them a little bit more green. And then they see, wait, I'm valuable and I'm valuable because I know I'm valuable. Wait, that person's valuable too because they're valuable because, because they're, they're valuable. Here. Yeah, because yeah, like, they're human because they exist. Yeah, and it's it's really just kind of interesting to, you know, sometimes these things just come as we're speaking. Yeah. It's like, wow, wow. like that's pretty cool. Another yeah. place that I want to mention before I forget it, what really just, Is so, I mean, it, it kind of hurts my heart that this happens. And I know that I do it still is we've talked about like, you know, you're not supposed to take up space. All the things that we're taught we're not supposed to be or not supposed to have or aren't worthy of or all the things society has um, conditioned us to. When it comes to social justice, people say like having somebody come at you with some sort of bullshit that is has no basis in reality in the person who knows something being like i'm sorry but yeah and apologizing for the fact that a they've probably been impacted in some way and mm -hmm. depending on where they are within like if they're part of the marginalized marginalization that's being spoken of or you know even just as white women us standing up to mm -hmm. inaccurate yep. information you know what's really funny is that we're gonna we're gonna carry on going. Let's keep going. Okay. Is that I think that was a delivery, was it? I think that they put just something down yeah. on the thing. They never ever knock on my door when they deliver ever, and it's really it really irritates me. And of course, it's the one time that we're doing a podcast that hey, knock knock. You were saying yes. Um. I think, do you mind if I yeah, jump if you, in? Yeah, I, you probably have the thought better than I do at this point. The thing about it is, is that, is that when, when it comes to addressing and just naming the, the situations that happen in terms of this systemic oppression and systemic privilege, is that part of this, and I'm going to, I'm going to, this, this is a slightly, this is a slightly different one. There's a bit, bit of nuance to this. Well, there's a lot of nuance to this, but there is, I'm just going to share about some of the nuance around it. Is it so often what will end up happening is that when somebody acts from their privilege, the person who has been impacted by that, if they are going to address it with the other person, and I'm, and I'm speaking, I can speak about this from where being a woman, I've had men behave a certain way to me and I've called it out, is that sometimes the apology is trying to minimize the impact of the backlash you're going to get from calling them out on their privilege because fragility we don't use the word fragility we use an, another term when when we're talking about it within the needs context um but it is potent like our privilege has taught us that we are to be deferred to that our comfort and uh, our experience is to be centered and prioritized and the second even just naming that you've done something not okay is bucking that that dynamic and it is shifting it and so so often one the sorry is part of that conditioning around i'm less valuable therefore i have to apologize for having this perspective having this opinion for knowing more about this than you do which if you've ever um uh, experienced if you've ever done any research on standpoint theory standpoint theory is an interesting thing because um most of the time in our society the perception is that the person with the most privilege and the most therefore traditional education actually knows mo mo the most about situations when it comes to a lot of situations especially those in, in involving marginalization and social justice and 
um, systemic oppression because by its very nature privilege keeps us hidden it keeps the um the dynamics hidden from us like as in these these are the things that sit in our blind spots so we have to learn to look for because we otherwise we do not see them they are not hidden to the people who have less privilege and the people who are marginalized in these situations so actually the least privileged actually understand the situation way better than any of the privileged people do so like it's 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 actually logically untrue that this person would know more. But just naming that, even though it's actually true that I would know more about this, just owning the fact that I know more about this and bringing that to your attention, calling that out that I know more about this, that immediately shifts that, shifts, uh, bucks that trend. So there's that conditioned, I need to apologize for this. But there's a second layer to it, which is often the sorry might be a way of trying to stay safe in that context i know that i have had times where i've questioned how safe i'm going to be when i bring when i when i name something to a man who is behaving from his privilege ignorantly doesn't realize he's doing it but he's still behaving from that way and having an impact on me is that just naming that Sometimes my apology is that that's a deliberate, it's not, I don't believe I need to apologize or that that is a deliberate strategic uh, approach to try to minimize the backlash of the fragility that I'm going to get from even speaking it. So there are some times when sorry is not something we should ever, that there is that in those situations, sorry is never something we, that we should have to say. And sometimes we can consciously mindfully use it as a way to try to increase our safety in those situations. So we're not talking about those situations. We're talking about these situations where there is no, we don't need to stay safe within it. We're saying sorry because we are conditioned into saying we're sorry and we're actually trying to buck this trend. Did that kind of cover what you were saying? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for regathering the thought. <laughs> I saw the UPS guy. I'm like, do I have packages? This isn't even my house. <laughs> like- no, I have packages. I knew I had packages coming today. So um, one of the things I think that in order to start to change this, and this is something that I have personally started to do, and it feels really good, I have to say, when I start doing this, is that I I will often in those situations say, just not sorry. Mm-hmm just not sorry not sorry at all i'm not and and this this um this kind of gets expanded out to not even sorry like not like like and the, my, my one of my favorite ones can't even pretend to be sorry i can't even pretend that i'm sorry about this because i'm not because this is not something that i need to be sorry about this is me owning my value and it's interesting kind of going back to the example that serena was talking about earlier in terms of when i've mentioned where my skill set is in what i do I remember having a client many, many years ago, a potential client who was interested in working with me. And um, because of my skill set and what I do, if you're somebody who's interested in working with me one-to-one, my prices are higher than your average person in this field uh, because my skill set is more developed than the average person in this field. I'm not saying that there aren't other people who are just as skilled as I am. I just know that, that that's where my value lies. And it was interesting. I remember telling her what it would cost to work with me one on one. And just so you know, the reason that's part of the reason that we are doing the podcast series we're, we're um, working on, and we may actually already have launched by the time this goes live. I'm not sure yet. Uh, the home study version of the program, which will be available on a sliding scale payment system. So we want to make this work accessible. We're not saying, oh, it's only for the privileged people who can afford to work with me. We want to find lots of ways of making this all accessible. She says by hitting the, the sound shield. Um, so that's the reason we have the podcast. It's the reason we have the Facebook group. It's the reason that we have 
the universal needs page and we share the stuff through the different social media channels it's the reason we're working on the home study um, program because we want to make this available and accessible to as many people as possible and if you're going to work with me one-on-one, then you get all of my research, you get all of my years of experience, and so there is a premium for that. And the interesting thing is, I remember this client, this potential client saying to me, like, can I ask you a really odd question? She said, please don't take offense at this. And I was like, I probably won't, but okay. And she said, um, how do you justify charging that? And I was like, and I was like, it's really interesting because I've done the program that we're talking about right now. Because there was a time when I didn't feel comfortable charging what I do. And the reason was because I didn't own my value yet. And I know the value that I bring and I know um, how profoundly transformative the work is, but how profoundly transformative going through the process with me. It's the, what I've had fed back to me over and over and over again. I've done both. <laughs> She's not lying. <laughs> and that's not just because it's my business. Right. Like it is, it's taking this amazing knowledge and then having somebody apply it to exactly what's happening in your life at exactly that moment. I mean. And that, translate that, it. It's, to your life and, and your experiences. And beyond it being transformational, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah. to be like, oh, oh, do you know me better than I know me? Like, and that's, I mean, I get that a lot where a lot of people where it's like, I'll say, what I'm guessing, and anyone who's worked with me one-on-one will know I'll never be the person who says, oh, very, I don't think I ever, I try and never, I try to never do this, which is a, oh, this is what's going on for you. Like matter of fact. Yes, yeah, like, like this is what's happening. Uh, normally I'll go, what I'm guessing from what you're hearing is, uh, well, from what I'm hearing is, I think this is what might be going on. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm like, I'm totally open to someone going, actually, that's bollocks, Claire. And I'm like, okay. In which case, there's another, like, we, we look at the needs lens because there's not one na- way of looking at the needs lens because there's 12 needs. And they, like, depending on which one is firing and which one is most unmet and which one's a priority at that point in time, it could change how it seems. And so I'll go, this is what I think is most likely. And it almost, almost without exception, my, the consistent response is, uh-huh. well, shit, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. Or I'll say something and people are like, oh my God, how, nobody's ever explained it to me. That, that makes so much sense. Like that's the thing that I get over and over again. So it's like, it's like not only do you get the content explained and translated into your life, you get somebody who when you're doing something and you're not even aware why you're doing it because your subconscious, your ne- subconsciously your needs are pulling the strings and I can look at it and go, just checking this seems like this could be going on right now and oh shit yeah I didn't even see that and like that's one of the benefits of working with me I don't know anybody else in the world who can do that um well I don't certainly don't know anyone else in the world who can do that with this work because I don't believe that anyone else is doing this work because if they're they're using this work then you need to be having a conversation with us because it's our work um just saying um but um but certainly to be able to do that with the layer the level of nuance that I have acquired over the time that I've done this so when I said this to her I was like it's because I own my value and I was like and the thing about it with me is like there's never any pressure to work with me um and I never sell to anybody I'll say let's have a discovery session and in that discovery session I understand more about your situation I'll bring the needs lens to it and be like here's the thing here's the first steps that I think would be good for you to work with here's how I might be able to help here's what here's what the options are for working with me if you want to work with me great if you don't want to work with me great like there is really no um pressure either way because I only want to be working with people who it feels like a fit to work with me because if it doesn't feel like a fit chances are it's probably not going to work so well and if it doesn't work so well it's not gonna be good for either of us it's 
quite honestly a pain in the ass working with somebody who isn't a good fit to work with you. I did it when I first started. I took on clients because oh, I need the money. I need to take these clients on. And now it's like, no, if it doesn't feel right, I'm not going to do it because I think there's somebody out there who will be a better fit for you to work with. And I want to work with people who really feel like they're they're jiving with me and that, that this is a this is a good fit. And I want you to get the help that you need. It may not be me and that's okay. It's like, whatever that is, let's help get you to that, to that point. But it's so interesting how a lot of the time, how people approach, especially women, especially women entrepreneurs, even telling people what their rates are, while they may not say an explicit sorry, how they present the information is like an apology all of itself, where it's like, so what I charge is this? And you're like, you can almost hear the apology in the tone and in the body language. It's like, well, this is kind of what I charge sort of thing. And it it really is. You can see the apology rather than saying, this is what I charge. And I understand it's not a fit for everybody. And if it is a fit for you, great. And if it's not a fit for you, great. And there's all these other ways that you can get access to this work. So you don't need to work with me one-on-one. Most people choose, if they can, they definitely go for that option because they know that they're going to get further so much faster and they're going to get a more deeply profound transformation than they will if they're doing it on their own but if that doesn't fit for you there's other ways of accessing this work and also like you're talking about um entrepreneurs and um people who run their own business about what they charge and that kind of thing i remember an area that it really mm-hmm. um, i can think, I can think. <laughs> yeah, no, we are going with this and i'm like yep that too uh when you're working for somebody and asking for a what you need what you deserve what you should have been getting probably all along well, like first of all asking for the salary that you are worthy of when you first take on a job but then like in terms of promotions, in terms of bonuses, in terms of pay rises, a lot of of times. And I was, I, I worked in, um, HR. So I, I saw this daily Mm -hmm. and people were coming in, coming in and being like, I'm sorry, but I, I, I need, I need to ask for a raise or something like they, they prefer, 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 now I don't know what word it's supposed to be. Preface. Preface. That was the word that she said. <laughs> do, you, do you know what you're saying? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's a P word, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of times people would come in, myself being one of those people mm-hmm. for the longest time, that would apologize for the fact that I realized I'm more valuable than they thought I was. Well, and the other thing is, especially on this island, like the cost of living on this island is high. Astronomical. Unbelievably high. And how many people would apologize for needing a certain pay rate to mm-hmm. exist here, to survive here? Yes. And it's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I need this in order to pay rent. Right. I'm sorry. I That's need more a- money because I can't live here and without work for it. this company without it. And then sometimes, luckily, I wasn't witness to this within my own company, but I've witnessed it on this island. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed it on the mainland and everywhere in between pretty much is I lost where I was going. Wow. That was quick. Cost of living, asking for what you need. It's like literally saying I, I need, I can't survive. I'm sorry. I can't survive without, with With this this. or without Mm -hmm. this. Right. I'm sorry. Oh, corporate one. That I have that to inconvenience you my living with my living. Expenses is an inconvenience Just, to you. Oh, right. Like, what? 
No, that's that's no. when you're working for a company that is not appropriately valuing you and making sure that working for them is not coming at the cost of your foundation function needs. Because it's not okay that a company is profiting off of people who cannot afford to live in that area for working for them. And they are profiting yeah, off those absolutely. people. And this is, I mean, this happens all the time. And it's actually, this is a really interesting example because I saw, I've seen, I've literally watched Serena go through this journey, <laughs> having gone through the needs work, having done the deep dive with me and there was some stuff. I mean, value need was a big thing for you, right? Oh yeah, it was huge. It, I mean, it was screaming by the time I started doing this yeah. work. And I remember the conversations that Serena would be having around her pay and her job title and bonuses and the um, and uh, promotions and, and all that sort of stuff, pay rises, before she did the work. And it was like, mm, like I, I kind of need to ask for this. Like, sorry, like, um, but I, I, I kind of need this. And even, the, even like for quite a while, I've known like I am a valuable asset to the companies I work for. I didn't identify with it quite as internally and rooted, but I would still feel like they were doing me a favor. So I'm gonna pause you right there. Do you know, like, are you aware of what it was that was creating that? What the? That that still not, still feeling like they were doing you a favor, even though you saw your value. Because I was, it was like, surface layer value i wasn't truly even more so than that do tell so this is very very common and that's the reason i've kind of jumped in here is that so serena knew she was a valuable asset but she was putting more stock in how the company valued her than she was in how she valued herself so she was perceiving her value a little bit from how she saw it, which is like, I'm good at what I do and I'm, re- I'm being, but actually the thing that was affecting how she was feeling in terms of her value more so than anything was how she thought the company was valuing her. And because the company wasn't valuing her appropriately, that was really where she was resting in terms of her value need, even though there was a part of her going, but but hold, no, you're good at what you do. Like you're, mm-hmm. val- you're an asset to this company. But in terms of how you were interpreting it, the weight you were giving to your perception of your value versus the weight you were giving to the companies or your bosses or your managers perception of how you value was out of kilter true uh, yeah you're in your her her kilters are very close to each other i would say they were I definitely mean, it's because i paused i was like i was doing this and i kind of paused somewhere in the middle yeah yes i mean and that's and i thought i, I thought i knew a what value really was and i didn't at the time and i thought that i had Many it for myself we do the needs work. yeah i thought i had true rooted value in myself and like I said it was surface because I was still prioritizing yeah somebody else's view of my value instead of my own and also your I think your 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 perception of your own value was very surface level like it oh, yeah. was something that you knew as an inter and we often talk about this we're going to do a, a podcast coming forward uh coming up on this which is like the difference between knowing your needs and knowing your needs mm-hmm. um and um and if you are watching on the audio, I was pointing to my head first and then kind of my body and my heart second. Um, there's a difference between intellectually knowing, like from a mind perspective, yes, this is what my value is. And there's a difference between knowing it and feeling it and really knowing it in your body. And I think that your perception of your value at that time was very much a mental, 
I can logically see why I'm valuable to this company. Mm-hmm. I don't really fully feel it yet. Yep. So, um, and the reason I I feel okay to do this with Serena on the podcast is because I like we've done this a lot. <laughs> this is part of how our interactions sometimes go. <laughs> yes. And I also think there's probably a lot of people listening who will be able to relate to what it is that where Serena was. Now, the interesting thing is, I've also witnessed Serena go to the other side of it. And I gotta say, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> like watching her go to the other side of this, where she knew her, but like she felt it in every cell of her being. This is what's gonna happen. Right. I'm, this, I'm yeah. gonna get this. We're gonna do this. And this is this is how it will be. This is what I need. Mm-hmm. And I have no hesitation whatsoever in asking for it because I know you need me and I know this is what I need to get this job done and this is what I'm worthy of. Mm-hmm. It was almost like any time after that, once I once I knew my value from within, it was like any time I said something that before would have been like an apology, I'm sorry. a sorry, can I, can or I like, get a, this? like a uh, was now like just a mic drop. It was just like yes. boom. This is what I need. And the interesting thing was, it wasn't again very important to be be clear on this is that so often in these corporate environments what can end up happening is initially the power can seem like it is in the corporation or the bosses or the manager's hands and that we feel are disempowered this is not about flipping that and going well I've got more power than you do it so I'm going to force you to do what I need this is about me knowing my value and the personal power is I'm choosing to I'm, I'm going to choose to ask for this and I'm going to choose to ask for it in a way that is matter of fact and I also know the choice that I will make if this doesn't work, mm-hmm. this isn't the right place to work for me. I'm going to find something else that does resonate with me. And that's really important to note because, mm-hmm. you know, the the energy of it may be matter of fact and mic drop. And that's just kind of the like internal energy. But it was always done in a professional way. There was and a, a respectful, respectful way of everyone way. involved. And there was a there was the the continuation of. um what the plan was, I guess. So I wouldn't go into these situations not knowing that what my other needs that were going to pop up yeah. maybe, mm-hmm. or, you know, if they were like, no, we're not doing that. It's like, actually, I've decided this is what I need to continue this job. So if I can't get that, then I'm going to have to start looking somewhere else. And and again, not from a, I'm trying to use this to have mm-hmm. power over you, to get leverage, to get you to do what I want. It's like, that's just the reality of the mm-hmm. situation. There's a new, there's a neutrality around, around, I understand if you, and, and that's actually, I remember we had conversations where I, I was, that because what can end up happening is we do this pendulum swing. Mm-hmm. When it feels like they've had all the power, like, and it's like all of a sudden we've got our value. It's like, oh shit, I've got the power now. Grab like, it, I'm like, going to, yes, rah, I'm going to be able to like, I'm going to like crow, I'm going to crowbar these people into doing what I want to do. And I, and I remember having the conversation with Serena. It's like, actually, you want to get to this neutral place of recognizing that the power is inside of you to make choice around this. So you can be like, I understand if that's not something you can do. This is what I need. So if that doesn't fit for you, then I'm going to need to start looking for something else. Like there's, there was, um, or, or even, and sometimes it wasn't even like a, I'm going to tell you I'm looking for something else. I'm just going to need to look for something else for my own well-being. And then I'm going to communicate at the, at, like as I leave, this is the reason. Like this just didn't fit for me anymore. And I, maybe it will fit for the next person. If so, great. But that's the reason I'm leaving. So I want you to know that it's important that you take care of your staff's needs because it was you not taking care of my needs that the reason I left. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I mean, and this, I mean, this is so prevalent in our society. This is so prevalent in our culture that um, it is something that is going to start to take a time to shift. Um, the first thing, the most important thing in this 
in order to start to shift this is to start to meet your value need and recognize your value for yourself because you exist and that you are worthy of having your needs met because you exist. So you are worthy of working in such a way that you can afford to live where you are working without suffering or struggling. Like that is that is something you are worthy of, which is why you will often hear us talking about the the need for a, a the minimum living wage, not minimum national wage, the minimum living wage, which will vary from place to place according to what is necessary. Now that doesn't mean to say companies, if you're living in an area that's not super expensive, that you get to devalue your employees and pay them much less. It's about making sure that there is a baseline minimum that everybody is getting. And if you need more than that in order to be able to work well where you, where you are working, that the companies that you are working for need to be providing that and need to be supporting your needs. As I said, this is incredibly, um, so the first thing you need to be doing is taking care of your needs and especially your value need and recognizing that you are worthy of this, that you are worthy of this. You're also worthy of opinions. You're also worthy of taking up space. You're also worthy of being right. You're also worthy, worthy of claiming your gifts. You're worthy of taking a selfie if you want to take a selfie. Like All of these things you are worthy of and it doesn't matter whether somebody else believes you're worthy of it or not in order for you to be worthy of them. The second thing I suggest with this is to stop with the apologies when there is no apology necessary. And if you feel that urge to come out because we're in such a habit now, though, sorry, not sorry, is just not sorry. Can't even pretend to be sorry. Something that I um, do and actually I've noticed my husband has started doing it too, trying to get out of this sorry, not sorry conditioning. I'll start to say something and I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I'm like, actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. Yeah. And I correct yes. myself in front of that person and I, it happened the other night and my husband said something he's like yeah sorry I'm, it wasn't like an apology to me it was just like a general I'm sorry I did this and he's like wait I'm not sorry about that and I was like good like yeah. and it was <laughs> yeah it, it took a while for me to even get to that point where I'd call myself on being not sorry and it's yeah. like I'd, I'd start with saying it and then it'd be like oh I wasn't sorry like okay I'll I'll remember for next time remember for next time and then it's like no I want them to know like Mm -hmm. I'm actually not sorry so I can and I'm also claiming it for myself yes that I've said it and now for myself I need to unsay that and say oh I said sorry actually no I'm not sorry Mm -hmm. and I'm going to own the fact that I'm not sorry because that will affect how I feel about myself and my needs as well yes and that's the difference between sorry not sorry and sorry actually no no, I'm I'm not. not sorry yes because one is I'm apologizing for not apologizing. The other is I'm not apologizing for the fact that I'm not sorry and I misspoke to begin with. Yes. I, I'm sorry for my conditioning. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sorry for my conditioning because my conditioning was not my fault. That is not something for me to be sorry for. My conditioning was messed up. It is messed up that I was conditioned into this way of doing things. So right I'm not there. sorry for backing the uh, for bucking the trend. I'm not sorry for saying something different. And actually, I think those people who put that conditioning in me, they're the ones that need to be accountable and they are the ones that need to be sorry. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> yeah, you can tell this is something I'm passionate about. I got a little bit more... Um, what's the word, intense around this subject matter. But this is how important this is because I see this with so many people. And it's really important that every time we do this, we're actually confirming and we're reaffirming that conditioning. We're like doubling down on it in our own minds and in our own feelings about what we should and shouldn't be doing. So every 
Every time that we say just not sorry, can't even pretend to be sorry or sorry. Oh, wait, hold on a second. No, I'm not sorry for that. Anytime that we do that, it's a small act of resistance against this conditioning that we have had. And it is an act of resistance, which which actually stems the flow of our needs being compromised and boosts our needs at the same time. So these little moments are the moments where we begin to take back our power and we begin to take back the nourishment of our needs, which has been compromised by the conditioning that we weren't even aware that we were getting. Anything you want to add before we finish up? I'm good. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Please do let us know. Um, We are so excited to share our third and final episode in the People Pleasing series next time. Uh, Between now and then, take take care. Take there, apparently. I mean, take there. Take care. Stay safe. And remember to continue to meet your own needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. Okay, this is not becoming a pattern, I promise. Well, it might be coming a pattern, in which case, in which case it is becoming a pattern. So we just finished recording and then Serena said something to me. I'm like, oh crap, I should have said something about that. So what did you say? Do you remember what you just said to me a moment ago? (laughs) No. Um, So what Serena said to me was like, she said, I'm really glad I made that comment because you're getting like all like, oh no. It's really important to recognize that when this conditioning comes up, that we have valid feelings about it and it is okay to feel our feelings and it is okay to process our feelings. It's okay that we're angry about this. It's okay that we have this this justified rage for the fact that we've been conditioned into compromising our needs for other people's comfort for generations and generations and generations. So yes, it is okay to get passionate about things. Yes, it's okay to get intense about things. It is okay to get angry about things as long as we process our anger and use it as fuel for constructive change. in order to move things in the way that we want. So I just wanted to, like, because when Serena said that, I'm like, oh, we didn't actually address that, that when these things come up, it's okay to be, um, how do we, uh, to, to get angry about it. To it's have like, feelings about it. To have it. feelings about it. And to acknowledge those feelings and be like, actually, yeah, I am angry because it's not okay that this has happened to us. It's not okay that we've been conditioned into continuing to condition ourselves that we need to be apologizing for this bullshit because we don't. So it's really important to recognize that in the same way as I got a little intense in that episode as we were talking about this, I didn't do so at anybody else's detriment. I wasn't doing that. And my, my intensity wasn't compromising somebody else's needs. However, there is other anger around this and there has been in the past and I go and process that in a way I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dance this out right now because this is something I'm frustrated by and I want to feel that and I want to get it out of my system. That's, it's important to process that and acknowledge that those feelings and emotions are valid as a part of what we've experienced. Just as long as you're managing them in a self-first perspective where you're not Processing them. I think it's really important to talk about processing rather than managing sounds like I'm looking at top and I'm controlling everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas processing is actually going through the process of healing them. Carry on. Uh, doing it in a self-first uh, yes. way that does not harm others. So like Claire said, she might get you know intense or passionate about something. And if she needs to pro- process it, she takes a step back and does it or on her own. Does it where or, I'm somewhere else, I'm not going to affect anyone else. Or if it's with me, yeah. she knows, I mean, in relationships like this, she knows she can have an intense moment with me. And, and I'll often hold her to hold space for that intense moment. I'm like, hey, could you hold space? Yes. Like, I'm going to have a moment. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. <laughs> but uh, those were important things that we we didn't really feel right 
leaving on the note yes. like without mentioning it so. absolutely so um thank you for being here thank you for this staying for this extra little bit um we will see you soon and remember between now and next time to continue to meet your own needs lots of love bye bye again friends <laughs> that's it for today if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and give us a written review as it will help more people find us and remember, apologizing for things that you have no right to be sorry for actually compromises your needs. It's okay to say, I'm just not sorry. Well, shit. It really is that simple.